Welcome to Shit My Soul Says, a podcast about all things woo. I'm Jillian. And I'm Rosalie. And we are obsessed with anything having to do with alternative spirituality. And we want to share our obsession with you. Because woo is fun, but it's more fun with friends. I'm a reincarnation coach and energy worker. And I'm a practicing witch. So we've been around the woo block a time or two. Mm-hmm. Each episode, we will be digging into a different topic, from tarot to third eyes to energy healing. We'll share our personal experiences and offer you practical advice for your own practice. So whether you're new to all of this or queen of the pagans, that's me, (laughs) everybody is welcome. No witch card needed. This is inclusive woo. We just want to laugh with you, learn with you, and talk about some woo shit with you. So let's do that. Let's talk about Shit My Soul Says. (sighs) Hi, Jillian. Hi, Rosalie. We're back again today now. Hello. It was, (laughs) we we sure are. (laughs) It was exciting to be looking in our season two folder and be like, oh, we're already on to a third episode. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like we just started again, which I, I guess can, we did, but did. You know, three <laughs> seems like a good amount. Three is one of those magical numbers. It really is. All right. So I think it's time for the weekly woo. It's time for the weekly woo. It's time for the weekly woo. Weekly <laughs> woo. Weekly woo. It's time for the weekly woo. Woo. <laughs> I've been in a very sing-songy, like mode this 2023 i hope that's a good omen it's only 2022 (laughs) (laughs) well i guess that's a bad omen (laughs) because i'm in the wrong year i'm living in the future well it just maybe means 2023 is something to look forward to sure i like that interpretation (laughs) so i'm going with it thanks Jillian, why don't you tell our listeners what the Weekly Woo is? Well, the Weekly Woo is the time in our podcast where we talk about some woo shit that we've gotten up to, that's happened to us, that we've marinated in, that we swam through, that we gulped up, um, whatever you might like. Uh, But yeah, just something kind of metaphysical or um, spiritual or whatnot. So, Rosalie, on that colorful note... What's your weekly woo? I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Well, now I have two. (laughs) See, I told you I wasn't going to do two this time. Yeah, so I have got two. I have to. Um, One of them happened right before we started recording, which was I've been feeling pretty anxious the past couple of days. And a lot of that is financial just because we're fine right now, but I can kind of see – if things don't pick up, that there's there's a, a danger point. And yeah, I've been feeling anxious about it. And I was looking on my dresser, which is where I keep my tarot decks. And one of them was just like, pick me, pick me, pick me. So I pulled it out and I grabbed a card and it was trust the timing. Hmm, and I was like, oh, nice. well, that just eases things up a little bit psychologically. It's good to live in ease. Yes. So that's my first one. But my second one is one that I'm very excited about. I don't know if you're familiar with mirror neurons. Uh, I should be because I was a psych major, as I made a point of in our depression episode. (laughs) (laughs) So was I. I remember the phrase, but go ahead. There's something that's they've been studied way more since we finished college. Okay, that's our hook. That's our that's how we get off the hook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. 
And mirror neurons are things that happen in humans and in some other species where you see something happen in a person and then you unconsciously do it back to them. Yes. And they've also discovered that mirror neurons are the part of our brain responsible for empathy. And I always say there's empathy and there's empathy with a capital E. Yes. Where empathy with a capital E is like this magical power kind of thing that more empaths than than not seem to find to be somewhat burdensome, myself included. Where you're like taking on people's energy. Yeah, taking on people's energy, like feeling sick when other people are mm-hmm. sick, feeling pain when other people feel pain, and, you know, feeling other people's emotions. Yeah. Like not just understanding what other people are no. feeling. Living it. Feeling their emotions. Science has shown that that's mirror neurons. Oh, And it excites me so much because it is the melding of science with woo. Yes. I love that. You know, I truly believe that we're going to figure out Mm -hmm. the universe scientifically someday. Yeah. 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 Completely agree. That like all of these things that are woo that seem out there that we experience, those of us who have like our little woo antenna – Mm -hmm. Um, That there is actually a scientific explanation for it. Yeah. And so to find out that my like, oh, this superpower (laughs) ability (laughs) that I have is just part of my brain. It's not some superpower ability. It's I mean, it is, but there's a scientific reason for it. And I'm so excited. Yay. Yay. So what's your weekly woo? So my weekly woo is I came out of the closet woo-wise a little bit, a little bit at work. I thought that was already your weekly woo, like the first episode. Well, I I came out more. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Maybe it's just like came out to my boss as opposed to some of my coworkers. There you go. Okay. What happened? So, you know, I'm a little intuitive. And we are right now in the middle of this project where we're, you know, changing around where everybody sits, just to put it very simply. Um, (laughs) And I went into the building while it's empty and just had this sense of knowing that um, my one of my coworkers wasn't going to be sitting there, that he was going to be leaving before we returned to the office. Oh, which is sad because he's wonderful. I love him. But, you know, it's the, the turn of the wheel or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, it just was kind of this knowing, like, oh, he's 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 going to be gone. And so as he told me that, you know, he was interviewing for other p- positions and I was just like, you're going to get hired. I know it. Mm-hmm. So he did. He got hired. He gave his notice. Sad face for me, but happy face for him. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, so I was talking to my boss and I was just like, so just to let you know, I'm actually a little bit intuitive and knew that this was going to happen. (laughs) And I was even like, I had a previous boss who actually leaned on me quite a bit because I did. She would be like, Jillian, what's happening now? What's going to happen next? I'm like, there's a tsunami coming. And there was a tsunami coming as it turned out. I was right. I was like, I'm getting out of here. Good luck. (laughs) So it's just kind of like the first time I've talked to my boss a little bit more about that intuitive side of things, because I don't I don't know where she lies on that realm. It's a little bit of a risk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But now I can be like, hey, I think this person's going to leave like to be able to use that in my work situation would be is I don't know, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how it plays out. Very exciting. I'm happy for you that you felt comfortable enough around your boss, even though you didn't know 
their woo status. Thank you. Look at it's a real win for both of us. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. All right. Oh. Ad break, ad break, ad break. Hi, Rosalie Forrest here. I'm so excited to announce the launch of my new metaphysical advising business, rosalieforrest.com. Whether you are brand new to the world of woo or you've been practicing for decades, my goal is to empower you to access and train your metaphysical skills. I'm available to help you identify the underlying cause of your stumbling blocks and to co-create solutions. Everyone has their own unique path and I want to nurture yours. Do your woo. Ship My Soul says listeners get 20% off everything on my website when you enter promo code SHIT at checkout at rosalieforest.com. That's forest with two R's. I can't wait to work with you. Bye. And we're back. Yes, we are. Welcome back. All right, Jillian, what are we talking about this week? So this week, we are talking about relationships. Ooh, what kind of relationships? All kinds of relationships. We're going to talk about romantic relationships and family relationships and interpersonal relationships and work relationships and friendships. We were kind of inspired by the launch date. So our launch, our posting for this episode is going to be February 15th. But Mm -hmm. of course, you can listen to this any time of year and it will apply. Yes, but we were thinking, let's talk about love. And then we decided, let's talk about all relationships. Yes, that's right. Well, let's start off with the big juicy one that everybody likes to talk about, which is romantic relationships. Everybody wants a little love. That's probably the origin of like magic spell casting was the first love spell. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I I was like, okay, I've got to make sure I have my rose quartz with me. Good for you. You got your rose quartz. Because rose quartz is the stone, the crystal of love. Yes. And Loving yourself, but loving other people. Yeah. And I thought that was apropos. I did. In fact, I think I have a rose quartz that's cut into the shape of a heart. Ooh, yeah. very fancy. Yeah. So it's nice to keep that in your pocket to just kind of hold on to it, give it a little rub. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, mine is egg-shaped. I, I'm i not going to do anything special with it, but I, I could see certain things happening with that <laughs> shape. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. No judgment. No judgment. Hey, do your woo. (laughs) Or your whatever. (laughs) So when it comes to romantic relationships, how do you use woo? Or how has woo shown up in your world, Rosalie? So I've used woo for relationships in a lot of different ways over the years. In the last episode, we mentioned that my first magic spell was a love spell that didn't work at all. (laughs) But for me, what I found is that it's so much more powerful for me to focus on the relationship with myself Mm. in order to get romantic relationships. Because when I haven't been focused on being in the right place at the right time and being in a space where I can embrace other people as well as myself, that those relationships have just all fallen really flat. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, uh, if you listen to our last episode, Jillian talked about this love spell that she's going to be working on. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to something that I worked on several years ago, where I felt like I had this big tower around me and it had a sign on the door that said, fuck off. So one day, instead of having the sign say, fuck off, I 
put a little neon sign over the door that said, open. And I went out to a bar with some friends. It was a karaoke bar. And let me (laughs) tell you, I have never had more attention. (laughs) Like some guy was telling me that he was sad that he was engaged because he just thought (laughs) I was so luminous. Nice. (laughs) Yes. And I made out with a guy that I'd we'd been to another karaoke bar a whole bunch of times together. And I knew him on like a very superficial level. And we definitely made out because he was like, there's something about you tonight. And nothing, nothing happened with him. Yeah. But I thought that was kind of a really fun. You were on. Yeah. So I have other stories, but I want to hear some of yours. Well, I have one as well that's kind of similar. So I'll dive into that one first. And just to give a little, like I've talked about it on other episodes, I have a lot of challenge with romantic relationships, which is kind of ironic because like my first boyfriend, I was four. And then in kindergarten, (laughs) I must have peaked because like I was the hot ticket in my kindergarten class. I had two boys that would chase me around class. And one of them, which I liked, Jason. So he was my second boyfriend. I, <laughs> P.S. I met him at a high school reunion and his wife was not happy to meet me. What? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think, I think you're safe. Anyway, but yeah, so it's just something like, even though like when I was a kid, I was always in love with somebody. I think I just experienced a lot of rejection and maybe there's also something reincarnation wise, past life. I don't know what else going on, but like I have these just big blocks up mm-hmm. that keep me from getting into, uh, into relationships. But so there's this one day, though, when I was in my psychic school training, and I was getting a reading from some of my classmates about, uh, I don't remember what it was about love or what exactly even they said, but like, that day, I opened up. So it was very much like you had said like that sign, right? Mm -hmm. That like, I was like, yes, love is possible for me. I can have it. I'm like, I can attract whatever I want. Well, that night, I went out, my friend's boyfriend was doing a concert. So I went to his rock concert and started feeling just really flirtatious and started really Mm. flirting with his guy friend that I was just like, "Mm, maybe, maybe I'll get up to something tonight. I don't know. (laughs) And he was there for it. He was really like uh, happy to chat with me. And it just was great feeling like this sexual attractive energy. And then as I was in the crowd, I turned around and behind me was this guy I had met months prior that I was really attracted to that I had met actually at a karaoke bar for what it's worth. (laughs) And then that night I had both of these two guys fighting over me. Like it was kind of amazing. And you know, and the story is like, I went back to the guy that I really liked. I went back to his place and he like lit all these candles and played music. It was this whole romantic experience. It was a wonderful evening for the most part. Yeah, it was just kind of interesting. And then apparently the next day, like the light turned off again. <laughs> oh, no. But but it, there is something to it that's like the energy that you're putting out really, yeah. right? It wasn't about how I looked or how I dressed or anything. No. It was just the energy I was emitting. Absolutely. And that was the thing is, you know, I dressed the same way that I would normally dress to go to karaoke. And this guy that I made out with that night was just blown away by something about yes. me that night. And then we never made out again. Well, that's okay. I never made out with that guy again either, but oh, and he was a country music singer. I'm not into country music, but I was I was ready to be. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. he was a he was adorable. That's not a story. Okay. <laughs> I'm 
like, can we just have the like, let's talk about Jillian sexcapades story, oh, but or podcast? You will not be hearing all about those on the podcast. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> I'll give you a few hints, but but uh, my life has been. Let's just say my life has been interesting. <laughs> oh. I might have had a lot of romantic love, but for some reason, I have the ability to have one night stands with extremely attractive people. I don't know what it is. But that actually leads me to my second woo topic Okay, about romantic relationship is I think I have some magical power in my eyes. Oh. Because I've been told even, I remember one guy at a bus stop told me I had ojos de brujas, witch's eyes. Oh. And there is something and it happened yesterday, actually. It's like I look at somebody like there's some special energy coming out of my eyes. I don't know. It feel like it feel like I can feel something in my eyeballs the way I'm like like I'm projecting lasers out of my eyes and it's just like and I entrap the man that way. <laughs> I cannot wait until science figures out that one. <laughs> I know, but like that happened yesterday. Like I gave the man the look and he like gave me the look and then it felt a little funny in my genitals. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to pursue this. I'm at work right now. So I moved on. But yeah, but it was just like, oh, yeah, that is something. I, I mean, that's something kind of woo or energy. I don't I don't know what that is, but I do feel like when I look at people that with that I don't know. Like I said, it's like shooting sex lasers out of my eyes. I don't know. I've got sex lasers in my eyes. Maybe that's, maybe I just like, I don't use them because I don't want to use my power for evil. I don't know. I don't know. I think that somebody has to be open to sex lasers. Yes. They're going to work. Fact. That's true. That's very true. Because there's some, that some people you come across, you can tell that they're like closed for business. They're yeah. in a relationship. You know that they're totally faithful. Or that they're just not interested. Or they're not interested. So I don't have laser eyes. That's okay. <laughs> but I did, you know, because I did have that closed for business sign. So I wasn't open to laser eyes for many, many, many years. And I ultimately decided that I was going to take matters into my own hands. And I did an ordeal ritual. Oh. An ordeal ritual is one in which you experience physical pain. Typically, it might also be like, it could be psychological distress. It could be, I've, I've done something where I was tied up. So it doesn't have to be physical pain. But this particular one was physical pain in the form of a tattoo. Oh, okay. And so... I deliberately used that energy of the pain of getting the tattoo to knock down walls, right? It was that this is going to hurt no matter what if I knock down these walls. And this tattoo is going to hurt no matter what. So let's just combine the two. Power it up. <laughs> and so I did a visualization meditation during the tattoo process. I told the tattoo artist like, hey, I'm going to be meditating while we do this. So unless you need me for something, don't Please leave talk me to alone. me. Mm-hmm. And she was really cool about it. And yeah, so it still took me a long time to to get into a good relationship. But after those walls went down, I started being in more relationships. Nice. And they, none of them lasted until my husband, but it was better than the like, I am horny and have no one to date. Yes. <laughs> I know that place. Did you want to talk about how you landed your husband? Sure, I can talk about how I landed well, my that's husband. That's a good segue. It's funny because I knew my husband for five and a half years that's before right. we even started dating. And he had been interested in me, but I wasn't interested in him. And 
We each went through several different relationships after we became friends. I was in an emotionally abusive relationship, and then I was in a crappy relationship, and then I was just like, I'm done. I told the universe. I said, I'm done with this bullshit. Help me to become the person that I need to be in order to be ready for love. And because I I was really clear about that, it was like, this is my intention. This is what I need. And it was like, within a few weeks, wow, I started to feel feelings for my husband, mm. who is in a long-term relationship at the time. Oh. Then they broke up. Oh. Right? Like, pretty quickly after that. And I was <laughs> he excited. Got the, he got the note from the universe like, hey, another opportunity is awaiting. <laughs> he does get the notes from the universe from me. It's pretty impressive. But yeah, so we started dating right away after they broke up because I was in the right place. He was in the right place. And it just worked. I'm really glad it did because I really like your husband and I really like you two as a couple. Oh, thanks. I think you guys make a great pair. So do you have any other woo romance? Yes, I've got one little one. Okay. Because, yeah, when you think about woo and romance, you do think about spells, just like you had said. Mm-hmm. And I, too, when I was a teenager, in the thick of my Wicca days, did do a <laughs> spell on somebody for romance. It did not work. Mm -mm. But there was somebody else that I was going to do a spell on, a love spell on, and even got a chance to collect some of his hair. And I was going to like... that's so creepy. Yeah. But then... Yeah. Well, (laughs) it's not like... I got it from his bed. Okay. Um, I'm just going to be vague about it on purpose. Um, (laughs) I didn't have sex with him or anything. I was still a virgin. Don't think that... Uh, but anyway, I got it. I happened to be able to get some hair from his bed, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to do a love spell." And then I realized later on, it was his dog's hair. <laughs> so luckily, I never did end up doing the spell. But I bet his dog would have loved me. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> so, but that was kind of, I think, the only time I've ever really done a love spell because as I got older, I realized, like, yep, yeah, you got to respect other people's autonomy. And it's right. much better to do a love spell on yourself, as we've seen, like, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. a lot more powerful to turn on your light, right? Your neon sign to say I'm available versus trying to override somebody else's free will. Absolutely. And I think it's perfectly reasonable to request of the universe in whatever way you want to, whether that's a spell, a prayer, just setting intentions, Mm -hmm. putting a vision board. I want the person who's right for me right now. Yes. And sometimes it's not about forever, right? Not all relationships are meant to be lifelong relationships, but relationships, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever, they can really help you to grow as a person. And, you know, I have something else to say about that. Um, When we talk about soulmates, right, we've got all of this, like, stuff in the world about soulmates. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my thing is reincarnation and soul lessons Mm -hmm. and all of that. Well, it's funny when I see my friends and they think they found their soulmate, but then it ends up being this really challenging relationship. I'm like, yeah, well, then that really probably was your soulmate. Because when you think (laughs) about it, right, your soulmate is somebody that you've incarnated with over various lifetimes. And that means you've had relationships. And all of us in any kind of relationship knows drama happens, pain mm-hmm. happens, people do things that are wrong, or they make mistakes, and they and they hurt each other, or they get hurt. And all of that karmic energy can carry itself forward. So the thing about soul uh, mates, soulmates is that 
often those are really challenging relationships. So just because you find your soulmate doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to get divorced. You know? True. I've seen that. I also, to me, there's there's soulmates and there's soulmates. Yeah. It's like, I think maybe the difference in some of the language I've heard is like soulmates versus twin flames. Oh, sure. I wasn't even thinking of the twin flames thing. Mm -hmm. Because I've always heard that twin flames can be really toxic Mm. relationships. But that's just, I'm, I'm not an expert in the twin flame world. We probably should say what twin flames are. I think twin flame is somebody that's like your other, it's like half of your same soul or something. Yeah, which I don't think is even a thing. Yeah, it might not be a thing. I don't know. I mean, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. If that's your belief, cool. We support it. But to me, there's so many people who are our soulmates. Like you're my soulmate. And I have other friends who are soulmates, Mm -hmm. people that I have gone through lifetime after lifetime after lifetime with in one form or another. And then I think that there's like the capital S, capital M, soulmate. And that's what a lot of people think about when they talk about soulmates is the, the big one. I don't think that there is one other soul that is destined for you. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it is possible within a single lifetime to decide as a couple that you want to explore this relationship in future lifetimes. Yeah, absolutely. And that you tie your souls together in a romantic way. And I do think because there are some relationships where it's like two people just meet and it's like, whoop, we are meant to be together yeah. and it never ends. And it's – They know. They see each other across the room. They know they're going to be married. Yeah. You hear about that all the time. And I think that is – like I think there are souls that reincarnate as partners together mm-hmm. a lot. But here's the other thing too. Sometimes that person doesn't incarnate with you. So like that's what I think mm-hmm. may be my story is that it's very possible that the person that I usually get married to mm-hmm. – chose not to be in this lifetime and maybe is working on the other side with me. Maybe there's a reason why I chose to have a a solitary lifetime. Yeah. Well, and sometimes people reincarnate in, into re- into people that you can't be in a exactly. relationship with. And I've got two people in my life right now that that I, yeah, like, in fact, actually, that's another woo, is I have a very, like a soulmate friend, right? A gay male friend that he and I just love each other to pieces and went on a trip together. And we got engaged to each other. Oh. In a future lifetime. Oh, yeah. interesting. We're like, we, they, we both agreed it isn't necessarily going to be this next lifetime. Maybe it is or maybe, but when the time is right for us to be like, so it was just kind of this really wonderful thing that we like committed to be married to each other in another lifetime. So now we're engaged. I'm engaged. You're engaged. Well, and also that's the kind of thing like the capital S, capital Mm -hmm. M soulmate, where in that lifetime, when you meet him, you're going to be like, you. Yes. And you're going to have that experience. That's really cool. Yeah, it is neat. (laughs) So I think that kind of transitions kind of well into friend relationships. That's exactly what I was going to say. OMG, it's like we're soulmates. It's like we're soulmates. It's amazing. (laughs) But yeah, I kind of talk about that like soul family. So like I have Mm -hmm. friends that are part of my soul family that I like, you know, right from the very beginning that like I, I, we just hit it off immediately. Or just these weird, like the people that I'm talking about in my life, I've mentioned on other podcasts, I mean, other episodes that like, even when we got out of our life, we got back together mm-hmm. just through weird, like, happenstance, like, very weird circumstances that we continue to kind of get brought back together. Sure. And what sort of scenario would you use 
woo in friend relationships? Well, as far as using woo in friend relationships, I don't do too much when it comes to like anything energetically or spell or anything like that. I think maybe it's Mm -hmm. just the way I perceive things. So Mm -hmm. for, you know, like I, like I said, is like, I love being like, oh, I wonder what past life we had together, you know, like, you know, you and I have done that. (laughs) Um, But the other thing um, that's kind of related on how I, how I interpret my friendships is to be okay when they fall out of your life, right? Sure. Sometimes there are some people that it's just like, oh, I'm just having a really hard time connecting with them. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of realized that, you know, my interpretation at least, is that sometimes your energies just change. Like maybe your energy is going at a higher rate than theirs or a lower rate and you get just disconnected. And so like I've got Mm -hmm. one friend that I'm like, oh, I really miss her. But but you know what? Maybe we're just not in alignment energetically right now. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. And I don't have to feel badly about that. And maybe at some point when we are in harmony again, we'll connect up again. Yeah. Well, I feel like there are some people that I've encountered at various points in my life where I was like, I really, really, really want to be that person's friend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'd be friendly, but it never went beyond Mm. like, hey, let's say hi when we pass each other in the hall or whatever. And that's okay. I mean, it can be sad, but that's an alignment mismatch, Mm -hmm. like you said. And then there's also, there's one particular friend I could think of where in college, I really wanted to be friends with her, but it just never happened. And now when we're 40 and we haven't seen each other since college, we're actually much better friends than we ever were because we're on a similar path in so many different ways. And it's like, oh, our energies are vibing. Exactly. (laughs) You're harmonic. Yeah. I love that. You know, I don't use woo in friendships a lot either. Mm. I will have friendships that are woo, where we enjoy doing woo things together. Like us. Like us. And one of my best friends, like, we always try to go to a tarot reader when we're Mm -hmm. in the same place at the same time, and we go together. So we ask for the reader to do a reading for me and a reading for her, but we're in the same room together. And it's really fun and beautiful and, and fantastic. We love it. But the closest thing I can think of to having actually done woo to affect friendships mm-hmm. is just, again, kind of putting it out to the universe, like, I need friends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I've moved a lot in my life. And I moved to Seattle, which you are well aware of. I am. Seattle can be a very difficult place to make new friends. It's called the Seattle Freeze for a reason. Yep. It's not the weather. It is not the weather. <laughs> it doesn't get that cold. No. It's the people. It's just really hard to, to make friends there because people will have their friend group and they're content. Yep. And they're kind of a closed system. Also, same with, with relationships. It's also hard to get in relationships there. Yeah. And that's just part of the energy of the city. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I didn't do a whole lot of work on that when I lived in Seattle. I had a couple of friends and they kind of brought me into their friend groups, mm-hmm. but kind of didn't. And I got to a point where I was like, I need real friends. <laughs> <laughs> in addition to these two wonderful people who I'm good friends with, but who are involved in their own friend circles, right? It's like somehow I need to find good friends. And the next thing I know, one of my best friends in the whole world is 
she was like, I need you to come to karaoke with me. And we had just become friendly. We weren't friends yet at that point. But she took me to this karaoke bar and all of a sudden we were part of this group and it was this super fast. Oh my gosh, how did that even happen? Oh, wow. And what's really funny is it was a bar that's closed now, but it was called The Dubliner. And I had always thought, oh, I wish I had somebody to go to that bar with. Oh, nice. And it was like I knew, like part of me knew that a huge portion of my life would revolve around things that happened there. Like my husband and I met there and so many of my friends. So anyway, that's kind of it. Well, I think the thing that I really like from this conversation and and talking about the romantic pieces, there are overlaps, right? And I think that's true for most relationships. The idea that the state that what you're emitting, what you're putting out attracts Mm -hmm. people, right? Or repels them. Or repels them. So for people out there who are lonely and don't have friends, yeah, like you could do a spell, right, to be open and to attract in more friends or set an intention or ask for help from your guides or whatever. Because it can be hard when you don't have friends, right? It can feel lonely. It does feel lonely. It's the worst. (laughs) There, I mean, well, there are some people that are like totally content not having people in their lives. Fair, fair. I'm not one of them, but I get it, right? (laughs) I am somebody who was really struggling because I didn't have good friends. And then I put the call out to the universe and got amazing friends. Thank you, universe. Thank you. Well, speaking of something you can't necessarily attract more of is family members. I mean, That's the one I was thinking about, putting the call out. You can't, I mean, you can attract uh, a chosen family. Well, and you can do fertility spells. That's right. Yes, is true. That is true. <laughs> that is a way to attract more Hopefully do that on members. yourself and not your siblings. <laughs> That's weird. That is weird. I would only do that for somebody else if they asked me if to. If they asked for a course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, let's move on to family relationships and how, how we use woo in family dynamics. Yeah. What do you do? Well, I don't, you know, kind of like friends, I don't do too much in my relationships with Wu. Like, I don't do any, you know, and I always keep my perspective of like, oh, reincarnation and what's our story and where did we go wrong last time and we're dealing with this shit now. Mm-hmm. Um, cert- Certainly that. But I think where Wu really shows up is for those that have passed over. Sure. Right? Particularly my mom. and <laughs> And not just talking with them. But actually, so I didn't, all my grandparents um, passed away before I was born. Mm-hmm. And I was cooking. I don't know, this is several years ago. I was cooking and I, I was getting like the spirit voice in my head, like, oh, you need to check on your onions. They're burning, right? <laughs> or like, I get this voice in my head that cooks with me, that tells me like, <laughs> oh, hey, you better check on this. Or, oh, it's time to stir that gives me advice as I'm cooking, which is really <laughs> handy. And um, so I just always kind of felt like it was a grandmother energy, right? right? That was cooking with me. And I talked to my dad about it. And my grandmother, my father's mother, she was into it. She was into, mm. she was a little psychic herself and had some psychic dreams. And my dad's like, oh, you two would have gotten along so well. So it's too bad that she passed. But when I told my dad about this, I'm like, I feel like, you know, I've got this grandmother energy. And he goes, oh, well, she was a cook. My grandmother was a cook. 
<laughs> and yeah, and so she and so then told me stories about that. Like even when there were some, there was a film being shot in in uh, Eugene, Oregon, that she cooked for some of the actors and Ooh. had that kind of story. But I was just like, oh wow, that makes total sense. But it's <laughs> great, right? So I guess my woo in relationships is more with the dead people. But it's just kind of nice to know that to be able to have that family connection, even though she's like I never met her in person, but just to be able to have her cook with me is really I love that. That's so sweet. Yeah. That's the sweet side of family relationships. <laughs> well, and for me, I do honor my sister every Samhain. Mm. So my sister passed away 14 years ago. She was 40 years old. So I do try to honor her memory every Samhain. She's never come back to visit me in any way. And mm. I think she just reincarnated right away. Okay. I could be wrong, but I think that that was her choice based on on a lot of things about her passing. So yeah, that's something that you can do, right? Like there are times when it's appropriate to honor. I mean, it's always appropriate to honor those of those you love that have passed. But there's certain days in my tradition anyway, where it's extra special, where they're more likely to hear you even if they've passed. Yes. Like through the veil. Yeah. 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 I have something else kind of on that note, too. So I have a half sister that passed right? Mm -hmm. Who was older. I wasn't raised with her. And I went to a medium not to connect with her, but because I was doing woo shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, he did connect with her. And he really did. Like he gave specifics, like you wouldn't have been able to figure any of this stuff out. This wasn't Mm -hmm. just like vague meanderings. This was David Zarsa, as we mentioned in a previous episode. And anyway, so as part of this, he told me, and this was interesting, like, you know, I only met her a couple of times. She was my birth sister. She was adopted to another family. So I wasn't raised with her, which is like one of the things he picked up. So it's not like we were close, but she was really into animals. And Mm -hmm. he told me that she would come to my house and play with my cats, but she would only do it when I wasn't home because she didn't want to, (laughs) like, impinge on my personal privacy. Oh, And I just thought that was really sweet and unusual. Like, I would have never thought she'd be hanging out with my cats when I wasn't around. (laughs) But I was like, well, that's okay. So, yeah. (laughs) That's really sweet. It was sweet. Speaking of dead. (laughs) Speaking of dead. Speaking of the dead, a lot of traditions honor ancestors. Mm-hmm. And so that's something woo that you can do too. Absolutely. Is honoring your ancestors however that feels right to you. Yeah. I mean, my dad, I mean, even in the traditional like Western way, my dad every year for Memorial Day leaves flowers at his family's grave. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a way to honor your ancestors. Right. It's, Absolutely. It's that offering of thought and love and gift mm-hmm. and offering. Right. 100%. But then when it comes to my family of origin, mm-hmm. I have some difficult relationships. Yes. And a lot of people do. A lot of a people do. A lot of do. people do. You're not alone. <laughs> and my father in particular is a very, very, very difficult relationship. Mm. And in order to survive psychologically visiting my parents, because I love my mom, right? And we have an interesting relationship too, but I love my mom and I do not like my dad. I have to make sure that I do energy work before I go into their house or before I'm in a situation where I'm connecting with him, where I put up a shield And that shield is specifically designed to prevent the emotional barbs that he's so good at from from getting to my heart, right? From getting to me. Yes. And then when I'm done, when I go home or where, you know, the hotel or wherever, 
I do a cleansing ritual. I like that. So talk more about like what you do. I mean, honestly, it's usually just like grounding and centering. And then for the cleansing ritual, I will either take a shower and imagine all of the bullshit just washing away. <laughs> yes. Um, if I don't have the ability to take a shower right then, I just imagine it, that I'm being bathed in sunlight and the sunlight is causing it to, all the gross stuff to go away or... You know, we talked a lot about this in another episode, like different cleansing techniques. Sucking and shoving episode. Yes, the sucking and shoving episode. Yes. So, <laughs> so um, I don't want to get too deep into all those techniques, but that's something that I feel like if I don't do, I am much more damaged by the interactions with such a toxic person. Yes. So I think kind of talking about that toxic sort of relationship if you're dealing with that level of toxicity and you can't get away, yeah. that's when I would use crystals in particular. Oh, yeah, Again, yeah, yeah. That's my that's my jam. I love crystals. But doing lots of cleansing, lots of shielding. Lots of shielding. Yes. And creating a safe space if you're able to within your home. So like your bedroom if you can, or even if it's just your bed. Right. Some safe space where you can go that has just your vibes. Yes. Right. Just your energy. Yes. And carrying protective crystals on you or wearing protective crystals. That's the sort of thing that I would do now if I were stuck in such a toxic situation. Yeah. It can be hard. Right. I think particularly mm -hmm. right now during like COVID, I think a lot of people are finding themselves stuck in stuck in bad situations or uncomfortable situations. Yeah. And I think about kids who have parents who are awful, where you can't escape that, right? Unless they're so bad that you can get CPS involved. But that's exactly. a whole other can of worms. Exactly. That's why I know um, for me, when I was kind of to your point of getting in your own energy, that's what I would do as a kid. As I would go someplace that was usually surrounded by greenery mm -hmm. and have my own space so I could get out of that energy that I was living in. Right. Right. To find some. So if you're in a place where you can go into your bedroom and have that energy, that's great. But if you're in a place where like there's no place in your home that feels safe, mm -hmm. being able to go out someplace, particularly like I said, if, it's, if you can get into nature and then get that good nature healing energy. Yeah. Find some space there for yourself. But then, you know, talking about toxic relationships, I cannot help but transition a little bit to co-workers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And how grateful am I right now? I don't have any toxic relationship with co-workers. But I have Same. in the past. Yes. I have some cuckoo-doos in the past. Mm. Cuckoo-doos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I go back to that shielding mm -hmm. or even maybe people that just wanted to drain my energy, right? Yes. Again, back to that second and shoving episode. Um, <laughs> so to the point where like some of my techniques I shared in that that I'll use is, is both like shielding or putting that magic golden wastebasket in between me and that person and like just redirecting their energy, like mm -hmm. intentionally kind of thinking to myself, your energy can go into that, your negative energy you're spewing at me, everything you're complaining about. Out, right because people really like to complain at work mm -hmm. they love to complain at work like i'm just going to put that in that basket because i don't want that in my energy field and the you know the basket waste basket really kind of helps in the work environment because usually there is one there is one so it's kind of mm -hmm. easy to imagine that or visualize that something else that's a common thing at, at workplaces is for co-workers to take credit for work that you've done oh yes and there are mundane ways to deal with that 
But you can also use magic to ask for clarity. So Mm -hmm. clarity of communication so that when you're talking to your upper bosses and whatnot, that they understand the reality of the situation. I bet you could do like a truth spell (laughs) on the other person. I bet we could do an entire episode on work. Because like all these things are popping in my head. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I think that there's there's a lot of different ways that you can use woo in the workplace, for sure. And I do sometimes think that workplaces can be, not always, but can be groups of souls that are reincarnating, that have reincarnated on some other work sort of thing in the past. Like, mm-hmm. there was one place that I just felt like, I feel like we were all on a ship together, and we're all going to war. <laughs> and there was this, like, war energy in that place. Oh, right? interesting. That was the same place as the tsunami that was coming. And yeah, <laughs> it did feel like that, this battle that was happening. And it's kind of like, it's like the enemies got reincarnated to work together in the same building. Oh, wow. And it wasn't good. It was not good. <laughs> but yeah, my coworkers agreed with me. So that was good. <laughs> we were all on the ship together. <laughs> Well, and I think also the type of work you do is going to really affect what kinds of relationships you have with coworkers. True. Because you're talking about like, oh, it felt like a battle. But some people's job is actually to go to battle. Yeah, absolutely. And so those are different kinds of relationships that you're going to forge with people. And if you're, you know, if you're a medical practitioner working at a hospital during COVID, like the relationships you form there are going to be different too. And so doing any sort of magic to help keep the peace within your coworker relationships is really beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that's calming for you, if you felt comfortable like Kuan Yin mm-hmm. statues or just energy vibes, because we spend so much time with our coworkers. And unless you hire people, you don't get to choose who you work with. Yeah, exactly. And even if you do hire people. Yeah, sometimes you're surprised. Oftentimes you're surprised. Usually like people have surprised. a specific, yeah, people have their interview face, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you, it's really clear that certain people shouldn't be working there. And not just because they're not your best friend or whatever, but because they're bringing the company down or they're bringing other people in the company down. You can do spells to help them find the right place for mm-hmm. them to be. Yeah, exactly. So just to gently nudge them away. Yeah, nudge them to a place that they'll be happier. Yes. I like it. Well, what about other relationships? I feel like I could keep, like I said, I think I think we should do another episode later on about work because I think there are a yeah. lot of different things that we could talk about in career. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, let's shift to other kinds of relationships, like maybe neighbors. Actually, that's a really good transition because neighbors are also people that you don't get to pick. Yeah, true. Usually, yeah. Usually. So you have to live sometimes in very, very close quarters with people. So if you're in an apartment complex, then your neighbors are sharing a wall Mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I live in a small house on a small lot, and I've got neighbors that are very, very close physically to me. So just creating good vibes between neighbors can be really important. Absolutely. You hear all these stories about horrible feuds between neighbors, where it's like, your tree is blocking my view, and you're you know, just fences on my line. Exactly. Like really intense, very, very difficult situations with people that you cannot get away from unless you sell your house or move your apartment. Yeah. Which is not an easy thing to do. No. And especially not if you live in a place that has a hot housing market or you're trapped in a lease. And that could go with roommates too. Sometimes you can't escape a roommate situation. 
for me, I haven't been in a situation like that in a while. My next door neighbors are lovely people, but if I were having a conflict with a neighbor, I might do something to kind of sweeten up our relationship. So like, honey. Little honey. A little honey in the yard. Yeah. Like a line of honey between our houses if it's a next door neighbor. Yeah. And then it'll give the ants and the bees and whatever a little little food. A little nosh. That's the sort of thing. Or, you know, if you can't put it outside for whatever reason, just a little bit of like, like leave out a little offering of honey on an altar or on your counter, Mm -hmm. but just with the intent of sweetening up the relationship that you have with that person. I love that. That's really, that's really sweet. (laughs) 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 To me, the other kind of people that I have relationships with are kids. Mm-hmm. Even though kids are human beings, yeah. just it's a different it's a different situation because their brains depending on you know where they are in their development, yes. their brains are just in a very different place. Yes. And what's development developmentally appropriate for a 3-year-old is not developmentally appropriate for a 40-year-old. Mm-hmm. So it can be really hard to kind of have that positive relationship with my 3-year-old when it's hard for me to understand where he's coming from. Yes. For me with my son, I can use woo in all sorts of different ways. You know, I talked about in my weekly woo last episode doing a protection spell in his room. Yeah. Giving my my son a stone that's like his magic stone. So if he's feeling like he needs comfort that that I can give to him that he doesn't want from me, mm. it can come in the form of a stone, right? Yeah. And it's different than if it's his stuffies, than his comfort animals. And if it's coming from me, then it's like my mom is giving me this comfort without being in my space, Mm. without being in my bubble. And it's – I always give him something that's going to help with whatever's going on. I like that. Also, I use Woo to help me let go of some of the shit (laughs) that I have to deal with. Yeah. Where he will be temper tantruming and I just want to fight. Right? Like, <laughs> yes. Because that's what happens is like in the fight or flight response, I'm a fighter. Okay. And so like him freaking out causes my adrenaline to come up and it's like, oh, I want to do battle with my three-year-old. And it's like, <laughs> good luck. Okay. Reel it back. Yeah. Because <laughs> that doesn't do anybody any good. No. Especially him. Yeah. So just using woo techniques to kind of let go of the difficult mm. interactions that we might have had and also like deep breathing with him. Mm. So if I can get him to like if I can get him to a place where he, I can hold him, we do deep breathing and then you start to sink together like your oh, your energies yes. start to enmesh and that's very woo to me, right? Like yeah. just getting that energy on the same vibe. Yes. And of course, it requires that I bring my energy to a calm place Mm -hmm. because I have the ability to do that and he doesn't. Yeah. And then you're modeling that too, right? He's picking up on that on some some level and learning, right? He learns from other people. Exactly. So yeah, that's, there's, there's lots of different ways to, to use woo with kids, but that's just one. So, I mean, I'll talk from my perspective on kids. I don't have kids as we know, um, but I am an aunt and also have friends that have children And so how I kind of bring woo into those relationships is a little bit different than you would as a parent. Sure. Right? I mean, not maybe not totally, but a little bit. So for me, because I do believe that they are like human souls, right? Mm -hmm. 
in little bodies, right? To your point, yeah. their brains aren't developed. They don't know. They still are learning all of the human life skills. Mm-hmm. But when I interact with them, I try to continue to tune into who their soul is. Because mm. I think that there is something where they feel really seen, right? When you can yeah. really see them. Because I think so many adults in their life see them as just a child. Talk to right. them like their child in the traditional sense and I I just remember how I was. Like, you do feel like you're a whole being, even though, you know, you're a six-year-old. You do feel that way. Because you are. Because you are. Yeah. And I think that that shows up in my relationship with them, how I interact with them, how I respect them, how I communicate with them. Now, I'm not going to talk to them the same way, same way I would as a 25-year-old, to a 25-year-old mm-hmm. or 45-year-old, because they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the ability to process all of the information yet. But just even the tone... Um, of mm-hmm. how I interact, trying to hold that space for them to be like, hey, I know that you are a true, beautiful being in there. I'm mm. good luck with childhood. I hope it doesn't <laughs> suck crazy time like it does for so many people. I really love that. That that will also help me when dealing with my son's friends and classmates that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and even, you know, that even came from my sister-in-law when she was talking about, you know, if anything ever happened to them, to be able to, like, if I would look after them, right? It was mm-hmm. a cas- it was a conversation that we had, nothing official, but her, her kind of thought was like, you really appreciate them and understand them. Like, and I think that she was mm-hmm. picking up on that I'm tuning into who they are as, as really beings and not necessarily the temper tantrum that they're having, right? Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank I love you. it so much. Thank you. So what do you feel like you need to learn still about using woo in relationships? Always more to learn. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that we talked about earlier on is that openness is that because I do think it's probably a muscle, right, that you can Mm -hmm. flex to be like, I'm open, I'm closed, I'm open, I'm closed. And I feel like mine maybe needs like a little bit of oil to get that hinge working a little bit. Um, so because I think that that being open to romantic relationships too, but even like my interpersonal relationships, I find myself with friendships, like if unless I'm working with you, like, it's sometimes it's really hard for me to communicate outside of the people I'm seeing day to day. And I think that is part of that like wall that's up. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's one area is is how to learn to kind of keep that energy open. And I think part of the reason why I do that is because I get overwhelmed, like energetically. Mm -hmm. So I tend to shut down because I can't take in everybody else's energy. Yeah. I'm not an empath, but I do pick up people's energy. <laughs> so figuring out how to manage that. So if people have figured out a way to to manage all of the energy in the world <laughs> that's out there and still <laughs> continue to hold on to strong relationships with other people, I'm open to that. I would say that my biggest struggle with woo in relationships is how to be my badass woo self with Everybody, like with people who believe different things or who think that what I'm doing is bullshit. Yeah. That's something that's really, I struggle with it regularly. And I have been struggling with it for a lot of my life, just trying to figure out. Now I'm making it a priority to figure out how can I be woo Mm -hmm. in relationships with people who don't necessarily respect that. Yeah. Because relationships, again, are not always ones that you choose. Sometimes you have to be in a relationship with somebody. Facts. Not romantic, hopefully, but <laughs> but yeah, but but yeah, but like coworker relationships, neighbor relationships, family relationships, all exactly. of those people. 
So if you have successfully navigated that minefield, I'd love to know about it. <laughs> Drop us a line. At shitmysoulsays at gmail.com. Yes, exactly. Or shitmysoulsayspodcast.com. Yes, come visit us. We love mm-hmm. it. All right, Jillian. All right, Rosalie. We have talked about lots and lots of relationships, but now let's talk about ourselves let's some more. Let's talk about ourselves some more. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, we set some intentions for the following two weeks. Do you remember what my intention was? I do. And it was to purge things. I failed. (laughs) (laughs) I did not do it. At least not physical things. Well, psychological, spiritual, all that's important too. Mm -hmm. Well, I did get rid of a few things. I got rid of, I got a couple of things out of the house. So I'll take that. There you go. Okay. I had a similar one, which is that I was going to declutter every day and I've decluttered zero days. It was not the time to release, I guess. But here's the thing. So my husband, speaking of him picking up on like my witchy vibes or whatever, he has been on a purging kick. Oh, he picked it up for you. (laughs) Oh, good. You delegated. You delegated your attention. (laughs) (laughs) So he took a bunch of stuff to Goodwill and he cleared off this entire dresser and got rid of the dresser and set up a little nook in our bedroom where it used to be. So it's like a little reading and work nook. And he's just like, okay, I I just felt the need to to get rid of all this stuff. I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, then it worked because that's the, I think when you're doing intentions well, often we think I have to do this, but like sometimes you don't have to do this. You ask the universe and the universe will find the path of least resistance to get it done. And you were more of a path of resistance and your husband was not. So I guess so. The universe stepped in to help out. Thanks, universe. Congrats. I will say <laughs> I've been getting like a lot of pushes to clean that I've been ignoring, I guess, because I've been oh. watching too much television. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> okay, so knowing all that, what what's the intention you want to set for the next two weeks? Mm. Uh, my intention is to really get back into, I know this is going to sound similar to the first episodes, but it's about balance. Now, the first episode intention was about work balance, but this, mm-hmm. I really want this to be like like holistic life health balance. Okay. So I signed up for a pretty major bike event in September. It's a week long biking event in Oregon called Cycle Oregon. Really excited about it in the Painted Hills. But in order to get there, like I need to have my whole life locked in, like my sleep schedule, my food schedule, besides just my biking schedule. Um, And I've gotten a little bit off because of, as I mentioned, I've been watching a lot of television. (laughs) So my intention is to get back into balance in my health, my daily health cycles. Okay. My intention is to make movement a priority. Ooh, I like it. That's just something where I've, in wintertime, I don't want to move. I'm like a hibernating Mm -hmm. bear. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I can't be a hibernating bear. (laughs) No. Yeah. So I need to make moving a priority because I just don't do enough of it right now. I understand. It can be hard to do it when it's cold out and it's dark out. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Well, I'm excited to see where we go on our health journey between now and next episode. Yes. Okay. On that note. On that note. Do your woo. Yes. Do your woo. And tell us, what shit does your soul say? Yes, what shit does your soul say? Bye! Bye.